it's good to see you this morning. My name is Brent. My wife Charlene back here. My daughter Elise. Some of you know us. We, uh, we started coming right before COVID. We showed up one time and then COVID happened. And then all of a sudden you guys showed up magically in our park. The one we go to every day. I mean, it's, it's right down the road from us. We, we see a church in the park and we say, we got to join them. We got to see what they're doing. Everybody else is whining and complaining about not being able to do church. They're doing church in the park. How great is that? And that's how we uh, ended up with you guys. Uh, we've been married 31 years, and uh, she married me when she was a mere child. Um, it was legal, but barely. We were just barely legal to get married. Um, and uh, we have some children. We have two of them. And they're adults now, which is great on one side and awful on the other. So those of you who have little kids, please enjoy them while you have a chance because they grow up really quick and then you wish they were at home again. And those of you who are like 20, 22, 24, and you're like, I'm so glad I'm away from home. I'm such an adult now. Please remember your parents once in a while because they miss you. Anyway, since you don't know me very well, most of you don't know me very well, I'm going to ask you to take a little journey with me. So I'm going to ask permission to speak to you because you don't know me well enough to say, hey, we know that guy, we want to join him. But if you'll just go with me on a little journey, I want to recap what we've learned the last four weeks. I, I've been just incredibly impressed with what we've learned. I'm going to start out with uh, Pastor Matt. And he, uh, I was captivated by it. He challenged us to bless someone and live a question of a life. And challenged, that, that challenged Charlene to buy a stranger coffee. She comes home and says, you know what I did? I was so encouraged by this message that I, I bought a, a stranger a cup of coffee and, and she blessed them and, and I just thought that was great. Um, how many of you guys are introverts? Kind of with a show of hands? Or kind of mostly introverts? Yeah, lean that way for sure. What I found is that most churches are full of introverts. I mean, it's just, it's weird. You'd think that uh, the whole idea of evangelism was built by extroverts, and all these introverts actually go to church. So it's kind of a weird combination. So it's like you're supposed to act like an extrovert on the way and just grab people and just shake them and tell them about Jesus. And it, it, for most people, that's the most terrifying thing on the planet. How, would, is that kind of agree? Do you guys agree with that? That's just kind of horrible. Um, the first verse I wanted to share is, be wise in the way you act toward outsiders, making the most of every opportunity. This is the, let your conversation be always full of grace and seasoned with salt, that you may know how to answer everyone. Colossians 4, 5, and 6. And, and I started making a note about these things as, I, as we were listening to them. I thought, this is, this is great stuff. Because every opportunity... That doesn't mean you have to go plan to witness to somebody. That's like every opportunity you have in life, you, do, you just live life. How, how many just like living life? How many guys just like to be out there and just do life? And all those opportunities and all those things, make the, make the most of that opportunity just when you have a chance, wherever you're at. And I, I was challenged by that. Next, I was challenged by Kelly. 
to listen fully and be present. And they be challenged by a storm, uh, uh, with a story of a former athlete to, and the challenge to listen to Jesus and love Jesus vertically and listen to others horizontally. I just was, I thought, this is, this is incredible stuff. This is great. As one who is recovering talks a lot. Maybe anybody here have that problem? They talk too much? Well, I'm one of those people that used to talk too much all the time. And uh, sometimes I talk my way right past what God's doing. And then I look back and go, man, I, I wonder what just happened. And then it's not so great. And uh, the second scripture I wanted to, to remind you of is, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Man, I would have been so much slower to get angry if I would have quit talking so much. Some of you, they'll catch up with a couple of you later. Um, I should have been slower to speak about what I thought. You know what? Everybody doesn't want my opinion. I think they do, because it's a great opinion, right? It, my opinion's always great. Your opinion's always great in your own head. And then sometimes it comes out of our mouths and we go, what did I just say? What was I thinking? It's kind of like the jokes, that, the dad jokes that go through my head sometimes. It sounded really funny inside, and then it said, and it's just not good at all. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, brother, I'm with you. Absolutely. Next, Tracy talked about eating. And it's obvious I, I like to eat, okay? I'm on a diet, but I do like to eat, and it's obvious, and I can't help that. I'm, I'm working on that. I've lost 10 pounds in the last couple weeks, so, so I'm on my way, but... I, Eating. It's so interesting that uh, we all eat every day, and yet we forget that that might be one of our greatest moments in life to connect with other people. COVID has been a beautiful thing in that case. Because how many of you could just go, used to go out and just grab something to eat really quick and go grab it and go sit down at dinner and just do your thing and then go on to your next thing? And there were so many things to do. Anybody, can anybody relate to that? I just had so much stuff to do, unless you have little kids and then there's nothing to do because you've got little kids. In which case, wait a couple of years, it'll get back to normal. But before kids and after babies, we get so busy. And Kelly, no, I'm sorry, Tracy reminded us to slow down and eat together. And, and he talked about the road to Emmaus. And uh, I'm just going to read the one verse out of that. And that is, they, in, in 32, it says, They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened Scripture to us? Now, you can do all these things without Jesus so far. Do you agree? You can just live life and, and have a good life and all these things. But I'm going to assume everybody in here loves Jesus. I'm just going to make that assumption right off the top. And if you don't, you need to, and we probably need to talk afterwards. And I've got a little bit of an evangelist in me, so that's just kind of, I'm okay with that conversation. But what I found is I go to church with mostly people who aren't. That's not really how. So they don't know what to do with all these things. They struggle. They, they have a hard time. 
I love the story that these guys are walking down the road and they're just wandering down the road and Jesus shows up and they don't know, they don't recognize him. And Jesus doesn't tell them anything. I mean, he's just kind of walking with them. Just on the way with them. And it dawns on them all of a sudden. He says those words, and it's like, we're not our hearts. And they're going one way, and they turn around and go the other way back to Jerusalem. Hey, we saw him. Reminded us that, you know, in the meal, that might be the place where we saw Jesus. Man, I, I was so encouraged by that. And then back to Matt. Matt reminded us that the gospel needs to trans- be translated through our lives to the people and community with us. Man, so a lot of things are lost in translation. Okay, so I'm kind of an old guy. And sometimes when I try to use slang, it's kind of lost in, lost in translation. Okay, anybody know what I'm talking about? So I work with a, a bunch of guys at Teen Challenge that are like all ages. So I pick up slang all the time. It just ends up in my vocabulary. I don't realize it's there. And then I use it in at home. And then sometimes when I say something, the, the latest one a while back, I said, oh, that looks fly. And all of a sudden, the look on everybody's face was like, don't do that. <laughs> it's lost in translation. It, do, it doesn't work. Because I'm an old guy, except it's in my vocabulary now. So somehow it got translated into me. You know, a lot of what we do with Jesus, it gets translated into us by the way we walk it out and the way we live. And and all of a sudden it, it oozes out of Jesus, oozes out of who we are. Page two, we got like 18 of them, so we'll we'll be good here. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We don't have. A good man brings good things out of the good stores in his heart. An evil man brings evil things out of the evil store in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Luke 6.45 What's your heart full of? Man, I was challenged by that. What is my heart full of? Sometimes I'm full of myself. I don't really like to admit that, but I mean, I get full of myself sometimes. I get full of my surroundings. I get full of greed. I get full of, I want this. Uh, I get full of, I can fill myself up with all the wrong things, and then I'm in trouble. Because whatever's in me comes out of me. So am I being filled up with Jesus? Am I being filled up with Jesus? I can always tell when I start getting sour. How many get sour when you're not full of Jesus? I get sour. I'm a negative Nelly. If your name is Nelly, I'm sorry. But I wasn't trying to make fun of you. It's just I get negative. I get super negative when I'm, when I'm not full of Jesus. I, get, I, I look at all the bad things in the world. I have a little conspiracy nut that lives inside of me that I have to tell to be quiet all the time. Just go away. I don't need to hear you. Go away. Anybody, can anybody relate to that? Yeah, I have, to, I have to remember whatever's coming out of me is probably what I'm feeding. Okay. 
So now we're going to talk about today's thing is how do we share? The current traditional method for sharing the gospel was made by evangelists and extroverts. Which is not helpful because most of you are introverts. I'm trying to get you to do something that by nature is not going to ever really happen for you. Now, I am a bit, I'm a bit of an extrovert, although as I get older, I'm much more of an introvert. And I am a bit of an evangelist. So I say this with lots of love because I did this. And the, the, what it looks like is an 80-20 conver- uh, conversation That means I spend 80% of the time telling you what you should do about Jesus and 20% of the time asking you what you think about that. i got a question for you. Well, first, how many ever learned that you're supposed to have an elevator pitch? You're supposed to have a two-minute testimony. You You can tell somebody about Jesus in two minutes. You know, I'm very guilty. I taught people this. I'm very guilty of that. Great, now I can tell you in two minutes everything you need to know about salvation and life. That's awesome. Except now I feel like I just joined Amway. So if you're in Amway, if you're offended, I'm sorry that for that too. So take it easy. I, I just got you to join my whatever club to do whatever I want you to do. That's kind of rough. You got to know the Romans Road. How many know the Romans Road? You actually should know it. It's the, in the Romans, it, it, there's a pretty good way to... Romans 3.23, all of sin and fall short of the glory of God. It's Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death. And then uh, uh, Romans uh, 10.8, 9, and 10. Uh, if, we confess with the, uh, uh, if we confess that Jesus is Lord and... and uh, yeah. If we believe in our hearts and confess with our mouth, we shall be saved. There it is. Sorry about that. I, I get nervous still. Weird. Um, we have all these methods that we teach Jesus to share, to teach people to share Jesus. Well, I don't like to be sold. Anybody else? I don't like to shop for a car. I don't like to go into a. I don't like to go shop for furniture. Where if the salesman comes and bothers me, I leave. I'm like done. I'm not buying anything from you. If he says, hey, can I help you? And I say, hey, no, thank you. I'll ask you when I need you. And he does that and he leaves me alone. I might buy something. I don't like to be sold. I don't like it when people call me on the phone and try to sell me 18,000 things and tell me that if I invest in a company somewhere in the, somewhere in the world that it'll be all okay. And, and I don't like any of that stuff. So why would people like it when we share Jesus that way? And especially for those who are introverts, it's just painful. It's all painful. But what if? What if I shifted things? And I went to 20-80 rule. 20% of the time I talked, and 80% of the time I just listened. How many of you guys can do that? How many can listen well? How many can learn how to listen well? Everybody raise your hand. There you go. That's, we can all learn how to listen well. We don't have to do it well, but we, gotta, we can try. I can, I can listen. I can focus and listen to what you're saying, and, and I can do that. We can devote ourselves to a lifestyle that's focused on following Jesus. We can serve Jesus on the way. 
That's really what I want to talk about is Jesus on the way. On the way to wherever I'm going, I want to serve Jesus. I, I can do that. That's not complicated. That's, that's fairly easy. That's not a complicated concept. I just want to follow Jesus. Everywhere I'm going, I want to remember Jesus and what I'm doing. I can do that. You can do that. That's easy. That isn't extroverted. That's just a normal life thing. So what does it go like when we go to the grocery store? Well, I just listen to people who engage with me. It's amazing how many people complain in the grocery store. Well, right now, people just want to be talked to. Well, one of two things happens. They look at you and they turn the other way and run because they're afraid you're going to give them COVID. Or the second thing is they just want somebody to listen to them because they're isolated. The whole world's isolated. Of all the people that aren't isolated, just Christians have it the best, really. We still get to worship. You, we get to worship. I mean, thank you, Jesus. We get to go to church. We get to worship still. When I'm in a grocery store, maybe I listen to the person who's talking to me, or I engage. I ask them questions. I don't give my opinion about everything in the grocery aisle. So I look at the tabloids and look at the political scene, and man, Pastor Matt, I just love what you said about the politics before the election. And if you're still mad about the election, go ahead and be mad and all that. And, and I get it, but I don't have to give everybody my opinion. They don't care. They don't want to know my conspiracy theory. They don't want to know any of that stuff. And I don't blame them. Because I don't want to know theirs. Unless I ask them, you know. And so as I listen to people, I, maybe I start hearing what their heart is. Maybe I hear something that they need. Maybe I hear a way to bless them. Pastor Matt says live exceptionally and so that in such a way that maybe I can bless somebody. The person in front of me, I'm listening and all of a sudden they go, they come up short on their groceries and I, I can pay for that. I have a little extra. And maybe, maybe I can, yeah, you gotta be careful obviously, maybe I can, I can visit with someone. Now, if you're big and scary and, and look like me, it's probably, you probably got to not, unless the mom says it's okay to smile at their kid, you got to be careful. But, I mean, my wife does it all the time. I'm kind of jealous. It doesn't help, you know. This is, sometimes those biggest, bigger guys don't really get a fair shake at that. But whatever. It's the way it is. There's, there's my little negative Nelly coming out. But anyway... I, I might even pray with someone. Have you ever heard, had anybody say, man, I had the worst day of my life? You're just in line somewhere? Do you pray? Well, yes. You prayed when you got up. You prayed for your meals, probably, I hope. Please do. Pray when you get up. Yeah, I hope you prayed today. And, and then just pray with them. It's so scary. No, it's not. Talk to Jesus. It's okay. He'll join you. That's the beautiful thing about prayer. Jesus joins you in it. You're not alone. In your family, hey, instead of me wanting to get the restaurant of my choice all the time, I say, yeah, I'll go there. Yes, Chuck E. Cheese, we can go to Chuck E. Cheese. For those of your parents. Yes, we can go to the family diner. For those of you who are younger and don't really want to go to the family diner. 
Um, yeah, I'll go with you. Okay. I don't have to get my way. You don't have to get your way. We, we can give other people their way. I can apologize. I can apologize. How many of you guys need to apologize a little more once in a while? Yeah. Yeah, I, I do too. I have to apologize because I would love to say I got this down, but I'm a knucklehead. I don't get it right all the time. I have to apologize. I get, my, I get quick about stuff sometimes. Sometimes I'm not slow to speak. I can be a follower of Jesus in my business. You know what? Jesus cares about your business. Please don't cheat the guy next to you to get him make a buck. If you do that, you're not honoring Jesus. I, I don't know. I know we're pretty. We're in a culture that doesn't like to be told what to do. But I mean, that doesn't honor Jesus. I don't. I don't know what to tell you. Don't do that. Um, Facebook, uh, whatever social media you're on, eighteen thousand platforms now. You do not have to give everybody your opinion all the time. In fact, I work for a place called Teen Challenge, and I, I teach my guys to say this with me. Say, I am not, everybody say it with me, I am not for public consumption. I'm not on a reality TV show, please. Keep your private stuff private. Keep your things, you know, have a life. Please, 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 for the sake of everybody and you, please do that. But I think that actually shows Jesus. I think that's honorable. Well, I have a, an actual thing that happened. How many of you uh, ever run, run yourself close to out of gas? Anybody here who runs yourself close to out of gas? I am a procrastinator by nature uh, when it comes to getting gas. For some reason, I think that my car should go 10 miles farther than it really can. And I am always in a panic when it's time to get gas. And the other day, I work an evening shift. So a Thursday night, I end up driving to work and realize as I'm almost there, I am out of gas. And I don't have time to stop at the gas station. So I pull in. And here I am. I'm, I'm like, okay, Jesus, just get me to the gas station. Maybe you said that prayer. Jesus, just get me there. Anyway, I did that. Probably, thank you, he did. And I come and I pull into the gas station the other night. And I'm just getting ready to pump my gas. And to be honest with you, I avoid everybody at night at a gas station. I, I can't lie to you. I'm not like super social at night at a gas station. And a guy walks right across my path. I said, hey. And he said, can you buy me gas? And I said, uh, yeah, what's going on? Now, I'm also not very social at night. So I'm not really wanting a conversation, but I, I just said, what's going on? He tells me this story that's just horrible. Just all kinds of, everything in his life had turned south in like two days. It was awful. And as we talked, we talked about addiction and we talked about all the things that go along with life. And I, and, I, and I said, hey, man, I got your gas. It's no big deal. How much do you need? Ten bucks work? And he's like, yeah. I said, oh, I got ten bucks. That's not outside. I wasn't filling his tank, but 
gone outside the realm of possibilities. So I put 10 bucks in his tank, and, and as we talked, everything he said, Jesus was the answer to. I finally looked at him. I said, man, can I, do I have permission to just say something to you? And he said, yeah. I said, it sounds to me like you need Jesus. Sounds to me like whatever's going on in your life, this is because you've been disobedient. And and he actually later confessed that he'd gone to church as a kid and he knew what he was supposed to be doing and wasn't doing it. And and I'm not going to tell you the whole story, but when we left, I just said, "Hey, you can you can ask Jesus any time to come back into your life." I said, "You know all those things. Your family taught you those things." And, and, and I don't think that's necessarily just an evangelist kind of thing. I think that's just a life on the way kind of thing. I just figure that if you run into me somewhere and engage me, that I should talk to you. I should probably live life. And that's not scary. I can do that. I would like to share a, a scripture that captures the heart of this. And here it is. It's in the Old Testament, in Deuteronomy 6, 3 through 9. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. It's actually 4 through 9. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. These commands I give you today, today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands. Bind them on foreheads, your foreheads. Write them down on the door frames of your house and your gates. Okay. Most of you aren't going to like get a little hat that carries that. But most of you are across. I'm just saying. Bind those things everywhere you go. Just have them with you, with your kids. Don't assume they're going to catch Jesus. Just, just on the way as we walk. Talk about it. I want you to think about something. When are the moments that God got a hold of you the very most? What were some of those moments? I would guess some of them are on the car ride. Anybody have one of those car rides besides me? I, I rode from... Portland to Spokane, and God just beat me up the whole way. And if you say God doesn't beat us up, He beat me up. He's telling me He was getting to my heart. He was taking out that old stuff, and it was a good, it was a good thing. On the way, take your kids for a ride in the car and just talk to them. Just have a life. How many of you dreaded the moment when your parents would sit down and have those talks? Come on. Yeah, come on. Me too. We have to have a few of those in life, okay? There are those moments where we have those talks, but most of this stuff happens on the way to where we're going. Let's read this last thing. Matthew 28, 19 and 20. Therefore, go. By the way, that actually means while doing these things, go. go. Just It wasn't like in Rome, these people had a choice of where they were going. Rome was, Rome was 80, 90% slaves. You didn't have a choice. You were sent. But where you're, when you're being sent, 
And when you're going, go. Go you therefore. Make disciples. Baptize. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach. Do, do these. On the way, go. Go do these things. I don't think you have to go to the mission field to do these things. I think going means going to work. Go to work. When you go to work, would you go as a missionary for Jesus? In other words, would you go as someone who has been filled with the Spirit and loves Jesus? Could you do that at your work, please? I, I need to. I think people will just see it. When you make a mistake, you actually apologize. Man, this is incredible stuff. And then last one, 1 Corinthians 15, 2 through 6. So if you're not sure what to share with somebody when they finally ask you about the gospel, here it is. It's just concise. By this gospel, you are saved. If you hold firm to the words preached to you, otherwise you have believed in vain. For what I received, I pass on to you as first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that He was buried, then He raised on the third day according to the Scriptures, and He appeared to Cephas and to the Twelve, and that He appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. By the way, that is an incredibly bold statement written, that you cannot fake 500 people, that most of them are still alive. This is written... These people were still alive. So if you wonder if there's proof, there you have it. It's there. They say, well, I don't know if there's proof. Well, there's over 500 witnesses. It's pretty, pretty simple. You could have verified this at the time. It's historically accurate. Or you get, you know, you get the bogus. Nope, 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 nope. Okay, here's the challenge. Okay. How many of you could pray for the Holy Spirit to open your eyes to help you love well? How many could do that? Okay, that's all, that's all we're asking you to do. On the way, love well. So we're going to pray for the Holy Spirit to do that. How many guys could open, how, guys, gals, how many could open on just doors that are open? If someone opens a door for you, you could actually say, okay, just just. Just be aware when someone opens the door to their heart or asks you a question, you're going to just answer it. How many can do that? You don't have to be an evangelist to do that. That's, not, that's just on the way. Okay. Speak up when other, others engage you. Now, like I said, I have a bit of an evangelist in me, so I like to engage people. If you don't engage me after a while, I will finally engage you because I like to engage people. But if someone, you sit down with someone on a plane and they look at you and they say hi, that's engagement. If they put in their headphones and turn the other direction, that's not. Okay? So we can engage. That's the challenge. And last of all, be natural. Be who you are. Who's God, who God's made you to be. It's always weird when somebody gives a testimony. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? How many have heard of a testimony? They made up a story because their story is not really all that cool, so they make up a story to make you think you want Jesus because of their story. You don't need to do that. 
Just tell your story. Tell, just who, who are you? If the creator of the universe likes you, I think that's good enough. If the creator of the universe actually made you that way, I, I think it's good enough. I think he should love you. So that's the challenge. Pray for the Holy Spirit, act on the open door, speak up when others engage, and be natural. Okay? That's all I got. Thank you so much. <laughs>